Callie Weston. I'm on staff with the Center for Christian Study at UVA. I'm excited to share with you today a conversation I recently had with a few of our participants from the Study Center's trip to Israel in June. This year, the Study Center, accompanied by staff member Katie Black, took 10 students on a 10-day journey through Israel to explore the locations of many of our most well-known biblical stories. These included the Sea of Galilee, Jesus's hometown of Nazareth, the Mount of Beatitudes, where the Sermon on the Mount was delivered, and much more. This was all made possible through an organization called Passages Israel. Passages Israel is a nonprofit organization that offers Christian students the opportunity to travel through the Holy Land. The focus is to strengthen students' identity in Christ, give them a grounding for the real-life context of biblical stories, and expose them to the complexities of modern Israel and the Middle East. The Study Center has participated in this program for several years, and we found that our students benefit a lot from this experience. We wanted to take the opportunity to share some of their experiences with you. This interview was conducted with Katie Black, the Study Center staff member who accompanied the students on the journey, Peter Larson, a May 2023 graduate, as well as Chloe Smith, also a May 2023 graduate. We are so excited to share this insightful and encouraging conversation with you. Let's jump in. Okay, I'm going to start off by asking you guys, what is the importance of a trip like this for Christians? For me, as a Christian, I find that understanding the historical context of the Bible is really helpful and opens up deeper theological meaning. Being able to walk in the same land, see excavations of towns that he ministered in and lived in, that was really eye-opening and kind of brought scripture to life for me. But I also think from a geopolitical standpoint, like as a Christian, being informed and being globally conscious is really beneficial. Because if we're going to be peacemakers, if I want to learn how to be a peacemaker in the world, it's good to have, have more proximity to the situation. So those were kind of my, yeah, my takeaways from that. For me, I think as Christians, we believe that God became incarnate in this site. This is where in the world he physically was as a human in this lifetime to be able to go and experience that same place that's essentially a relic of where he was and who he interacted with is really an intimate thing with God. Did that make the incarnation feel maybe more real? Did it kind of put a place Um, to your imagination a little bit? It definitely helped me visualize it Mm -hmm. um, and grapple with it and also to think of myself as I am a human in this land and walking around. It definitely gave more of a a POV of Jesus' life, more so than just thinking about his humanity. What about you, Katie? Mm -hmm. Well, I would agree with everything that's been said already, but I think I would just add, as Western Christians, we tend to really over-spiritualize our Mm -hmm. faith and forget that God is a God who actually acts in history. And so to be able to be in a place where we could see not only where Jesus walked, but also Old Testament sites and places where at least they think a lot of those events would have happened. Um, just really reminds us that God, yes, he cares spiritually about our lives, but he also cares about the world that he has created and he cares about our physical lives. And to just be reminded that he is a God who has acted in history and who continues to act in history, even though I feel like, again, as Western Christians, we miss a lot of that. Just a really cool reminder. And then also, I was just very moved by meeting a lot of practicing Jews in Israel and just seeing, despite the fact that they don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah and they are still waiting, that they have just lived in oppression for thousands of years. And yet still their faith is so strong and they're continuing the same 
tradition and feasts and prayers and practices they've been doing for years. And I just feel like as Christians, we don't have a lot of those kinds of practices. I, I mean, we have some, but I don't feel that we really value them and cherish them the way that the Jews do. And so just being really encouraged by that and challenged to do that more. On that note, did you guys have a moment that felt particularly impactful on the trip, a takeaway that's kind of been replaying in your mind in the weeks since you've been back? It's been three weeks since you guys come back. Has there been anything that's really felt like stuck out to you as, wow, that was a big moment for me? I met a Jewish man on the flight over. I was sitting next to him. His name was Chaim. Katie, what does Chaim mean? It means life. And did I pronounce that right? Yeah, good. Yeah, okay, cool. The thing that I learned from him was kind of that, or at least his view of Israel, his understanding of the place of Israel revealed that in me, the fact that I my faith can be very non-physical and very... Does it feel more in your yeah, head? Yeah, it feels more in my head and like less... Tangible? Tangible, maybe? yeah. But for him, talking to him about Israel, his eyes just lit up. He's lived in the United States his whole life. And three years ago, he was telling me, we moved to Israel. It's every man's, every Jewish man's dream to move mm -hmm. to Israel. And he's like, I live in Jerusalem now. His eyes are lit up and everything. And as a Christian, I don't necessarily have a sense of place like that. But after being in Israel, I can't say that I don't have at least some version of that now. That's such a cool way to start your trip. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. It kind of framed the trip, too. What about you, Chloe? One place that really stuck with me was when we went to the kibbutz, a communal living place near the Gaza Strip. And the entire thing was impactful, just hearing about the speaker that we were visiting's life and living so close and the dangers and things going on there, but still like the strong community life. And one thing that really struck me, one moment, is when she was talking about her neighbors over in the Gaza Strip. And even though there have been rockets and things fired at her, her home from the Gaza Strip, she still has such a deep empathy for the people living on the ground in Gaza. Just the way that she spoke of them with empathy and care for them was just really beautiful and striking because it was so present. When we talk about loving our enemies, it seems like an enemy is so close and so tangible mm -hmm. to her and her daily life. And so to still have that deep empathy for people so close was really impactful for me. I think it was in her town, 15 seconds. Was that the mm -hmm. yeah. time? Yeah, 15 seconds when a rocket is first, when an alarm goes off mm -hmm. for a rocket. They have 15 seconds to find cover. Such more of a present fear and danger than, than we live in yeah. today. It's such a different yeah. reality. What about you, Katie? Well, that's one of my top moments. Chloe stole it. Um, <laughs> but I would say going along with that, we also had the opportunity to speak with a Palestinian Christian. And he said some similar things, including the fact that like his young son has never met or played with an Israeli child. The realities of what it looks like to seek peace when people are physically separated and not even able to try to reconcile or build relationships. And so that just really stuck out to me. It was interesting because I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't overly excited to visit the modern sites prior to going. I just really mm -hmm. wanted to go to all the biblical sites and I felt like we were going to be missing out on biblical sites because we had to spend time at the modern sites, but I was very surprised by how impactful those conversations were. And I think it was because we got to have actual conversations with people who were living on the ground and learn about their lives. I was just really moved to see the humanity and the empathy on both sides of these individuals who don't want to be at war with one another and would love to find ways to reconcile. And it just moves me to 
be much more intentionally in prayer for the situation over there. And I was expecting when I asked about impactful moments, I was expecting you guys to talk about some of the more historical locations. So it's interesting that all three of you really had a lot of impact in the modern day conflict. Mm -hmm. How that made an impression on you. Well, with the biblical context in mind, as you've read the Bible since coming back, has that been a different experience for you, particularly the New Testament, maybe as you've been reading about mm -hmm. places where Jesus was or anything in the Gospels? Have you read that differently? Has that experience been different post-trip? Well, I'm not going to lie. I've been in the book of Job and Proverbs. <laughs> so in the book of Job and Proverbs, not much has changed. In Job recently, so far talked about how the wicked man doesn't see the land flowing with milk and honey. So that was cool. But recently we had in my church the solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul. And the reading was from, I want to say the primacy of St. Peter. The location that we went to is called the primacy of St. Peter that lines up with the scripture. And it's like Jesus having breakfast with his disciples and calling them back and talking to Peter and asking him to affirm that, do you love me? And Peter being like, yes, yes, Lord, you know, you know this. And in hearing that, it was cool because I immediately have this mental image and these memories. It's not just a, an image of a picture, which is most of the time what I can conjure up. I can feel the, like water, mm. you know, like I can smell it. I can feel the wind. It, it really was cool because it felt like I could immediately place myself into the story, not just to view the story, but feel like present. For me, one specific example, I was reading Judges. I've been reading Judges, and Judges 4 takes place at a biblical site that we visited, sort of an overlook from Mount Precipice, where Jesus was narrowly escaped being cast off the cliff. The This battle in, in Judges takes place in the valley from overlooking Mount Precipice, the Kishon Valley. And that mental image that I had in my head after just looking over that valley popped into my head while I was reading that. And that was the first time that's ever happened to me while reading scripture. And so that was really impactful. I, I expect it to keep happening because we went to so many sites. It, it strengthens my faith while reading to know, to have those visuals pop into my head. Katie, I'm curious with you because you have a seminary degree. You've studied the Bible in depth. This was nothing new to be really diving into these texts as it felt different. Mm -hmm. Coming back. Well, I've also been reading Old Testament. <laughs> it, it was finishing up going through some minor prophets and then... I popped into Ezra, and I think what's been striking is just with the rebuilding of the temple. Obviously, we saw ruins of the second temple, not the original temple. But in reading passages where those who had returned from exile are weeping because of they remember what the former temple looked like, that, that was something that just struck me up when we were in Israel was how important the temple still is to the Jews, even though they can't really be on the Temple Mount except under certain circumstances, and they can't get to where the Holy of Holies is, but like going to the Western Wall and just seeing them hugging the wall because it's the closest physically they can get to where the Holy of Holies would have been. I think for me, getting to understand a little bit more about why that space was so important. Um, so that, that's been really interesting. Though to the first part of your question, it's funny, I've always imagined Israel just as being just a giant desert and just being very brown, which of course makes no sense because you read Exodus and they're like, yes, they're going to the land flowing with milk and honey and water and abundance. But like, I don't picture it that way. And in seminary, you don't 
and look at a lot of pictures of Israel. You know, you just study the text. And so for whatever reason, I was shocked by how green it actually is. There's so much green. There's so many trees. There's so many like fields full of crops and things. And there's way more water than I expected. And so even having those visuals now for, for me to be able to kind of change the visuals that I previously had in my head has been really fun. Um, and so I know that'll continue to be something going forward too. But I was shocked by that. Well, what was it like for you guys? I know Chloe and Peter, you guys were a part of the residential program. So you mm-hmm. had a great community from the study center coming into the trip and mm-hmm. Katie being a staff member. What was it like doing this trip with the study center community? I know you were with other schools. Passages yeah. Israel does this with a lot of other schools. Mm-hmm. So you're not just part of the study center group. But how was that doing it together? I loved being with you all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tried really hard to also spend time getting to know the other students because technically that was part of my job. But it was really hard not to just want to spend time with you guys and debrief what you were seeing and just talk to you all. It's great to go with a a group of people that you already know really well, especially if you're going to visit a site that you know is going to be hard or there might be some disagreements about what is being said there um, because you know that you can enter into those conversations and ask those hard questions. There's just something, there was something really nice about being with people who you've already studied scripture with and, you know, you know a a bit about their faith block already and you know where those hard, hard conversations are going to need to happen. There are also a few students and myself included honestly who had a really hard time at the Jordan River because it was so overly commercialized mm-hmm. that it was actually honestly very discouraging and disheartening to be there. I can't speak for everyone. I don't know if it was for you too but that was my least favorite stop of the entire trip and there were several students who had a really hard time with it and so I feel like already having those relationships formed and already knowing each other well you can have much better conversations about that so that's one thing. I second the disappointment at the Jordan River. I didn't know what to expect and I know some people were prepared for that but I was just like this is so chaotic so like not a wonderful place to be but it's this weird tension because people are getting baptized at the same time, but it's commercialized and there's so many people there and it's chaotic. So you're like, okay, it's a good thing, but also really uncomfortable and weird. But I, I would also second the community, being comfortable in community to ask the uncomfortable questions. Mm-hmm. Going on that trip alone, or going to these sites mm-hmm. alone, I don't feel like I would have gleaned as much from them if I hadn't have been able to like bounce ideas, bounce what I'm thinking off of other people. I'll throw one other thing in there before you share, because I wanted to say something about you. Something else that I loved was there were particular sites that we were going to that I knew particular people would get really excited about. Mm -hmm. And that brought me like a lot of extra joy. So for you, Chloe, I know a lot of the churches, I think you probably appreciated more than the rest of us did. And I knew that going into it, they were just going to make you so happy and just bring you so much joy to be there. And so getting to experience that with you was so much more impactful than it would have been if you hadn't been there. And so I think there's something really cool about that too. And just being able to see people's excitement. That's so sweet, Katie. Oh my goodness. I think it's just in our blood at the study center. Everyone loves discussions. (laughs) Everyone likes intellectual opinions. Everyone wants to talk about how they feel and how they think. And I just love that stuff. I think that going with the study center, people was so cool. I mean, first of all, So many people are just a wealth of knowledge. Obviously, Katie at the front of that leading us. Every time that she 
did a reflection or something, I'd get excited because I knew that we would hear some Greek or like some original language. And just the discussions that we had openly, I mean, we come from a lot of different denominational backgrounds, even like growing up versus in college, a lot of us have shuffled around a little bit. So it was really cool to engage with that and like talk about place of tradition and views of different things. I think it was just really, really cool. And even like Katie was saying, the different places I think meant different things to us. So it was really cool to engage with those different things. So Chloe, you mentioned that intellectual conversations and how you're feeling and processing things is very much a study center thing. Another thing that's very much known, for, that we're known for at the study center is hospitality. So my last question for you guys was the best food that you had while you were in Israel, did you have a favorite mm. dish, something that you ate? Well, I mean, the hummus was crazy. Like, I've never had real hummus until the trip. I I remember tasting hummus there the first day and being like, oh my gosh, this, this, is, what it's, this, is, this is what it's supposed to taste like. <laughs> <laughs> so that was awesome. And sure. the bread as well. Mm. The pita was amazing. And shawarma. Mm. Love shawarma. Okay, well, I don't know the names of the things that I want to talk about. <laughs> There's time, two things. <laughs> half the time we're just <laughs> grabbing stuff. And like, yeah. <laughs> what were those things? Okay, the first, they might know. The thing that Joanna bought us, the dessert that oh. our tour guide, Joanna, who first of all is an absolute star and a gem and incredible. She's so knowledgeable and so kind and so fun and we just all adore her. But she bought us a dessert. Uh-huh. In our fellowship? Yeah. Kanafe, yeah. <laughs> oh! Hello, you weren't here. I didn't so know it's kanafe. It, it doesn't sound like dessert. It's like cheese, and it, but it's the most amazing thing I've ever eaten. You were you missed the first fellowship because you were out of town, and we yeah. attempted to make it. It yeah. was the biggest baking disaster <laughs> I've ever seen. We threw it away. It was horrible. What I'm thinking of, okay, I'm thinking of like in the city, Via Dolorosa. Yes. yes. When she so came like, out with the stuff. She came out with yes. the yes. best canafe. Yes. 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 Thing of it. Yes, it was yeah. so same. But I don't know even what it is. So it's like you you must have found a recipe. Oh, I found a recipe. The ingredients it was terrible like recipe. it looks yeah. like orange coconut hair. Like yeah, there's no orange in it. Anyways, that was incredible. <laughs> yep. And then also I got some sandwich like thing at this marketplace that a lot of people yeah, shared. What is one. that called? What Maymu? is that? It's like a Maymu. Maymu? That was the other okay. thing that I was going to mention. Okay, what? It was we have so, so much taste buds. Stop me so up. Good. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like yeah. a pastry slash yeah. bread, but more pastry, and it had yeah. egg and veggies and sauces wow. and stuff in yeah. it. Yeah. I've never had that. Oh, it's a crepe so vibe almost, but like not really. Yes, but not. Like yeah. thicker, more like bread. Yes. Yeah, that was good. That was slapped. Good. If anyone I goes, <laughs> I would recommend. I took every chance to eat shawarma as I could. Mm, that nice. That's fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> and Katie, you're gluten-free, but you said over there you were able to I ate all, bread. all the bread. I ate bread, breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. It was so good. It was <laughs> such a delight. Honestly, it's not about the gluten. It's about whatever we're doing to the gluten in processing in our food here in the U.S. The same thing with people who can't eat dairy here can go overseas and eat dairy. So it's not gluten or dairy. It's it, Celiac is a different thing. If you have celiac, I don't have celiac, but it's whatever we're doing to the food here in our processing. That's a whole other podcast. It's a whole other podcast. Low FDA standards for food quality here. What are we we could talk about that for hours. <laughs> Guys, thank you so, so much. I felt like just listening to it, I was able to, I felt like I was a little bit on the journey. So thank you so much for talking about your experience. That was wonderful. Yeah, thank, thank you for having us. <laughs>